That's about how long it's been. But it's been a while. But I do love the Lord and I love the truth. I was reminded on my way over today, I, certain times of the year I, I do a lot of thinking about my, my father who's passed on. And I, I credit to him and his way of doing and living and being as to where I am today. I remember when my brother and I, Brother Mike Gates, were growing up. <clears throat> Dad loved us. And I remember... One time, my brother and I got into a situation that I probably don't need to try to explain today. But he said, boys, you know I'm not God, but he's put me here over you. Yes, sir. And he said, if you don't want to live for God, I can make you wish you had it. You understand that? The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. The book says, fear no man, but fear him that can destroy both soul and body. I appreciate the, the sternness and the love of my father. We don't find a lot of it today. We, we are living in a world that's so different. But I appreciate truth. I remember years back at a at a youth camp that uh, we were in with Brother Spales, and Lord, it's been 30 years. And uh, but uh, he was a lot younger than he is now, then too. But he's done. Uh, this is my first time in this building. It's been here over 25 years, and I do appreciate the great work that this man of God has done. I appreciate what I see here today. You don't see it everywhere. It's something that needs to be seen. I do appreciate truth and the love of God. I won't take any more of your time. God bless every one of you. Praise the Lord, everybody. Good to be in church today. Hallelujah. Thank God for another opportunity to be in his wonderful house. You'll be seated just a few moments. Be seated just a few moments here, but certainly I do appreciate another time to come in Sunday morning and uh, lift up holy hands unto Him. Hallelujah. He's truly worthy of all of our praise. Amen. And uh, I certainly today want to let the Lord know that I'm grateful for another day that He has allowed me to live, that I might be able to serve Him. Praise the Lord. A lot of folks going through life wondering what their purpose in life is all about, what it is, and uh, really can just sum it up, sum it up in just a few words, and that is our purpose in life is that we might live for Him, that we might serve Him. Praise the Lord that He might be Lord in our life. Hallelujah. Certainly do give honor to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Great Captain of our salvation. Hallelujah. Still got everything in control. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And I'm certainly glad about that. And uh, do one more time say so much 
that uh, appreciate Brother Spell, Sister Spell, and appreciate all the saints of God of Life Tabernacle. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Pray that God will continue to help and bless. And it uh, seemed like a lot of sickness. I'm <clears throat> trying to stay ahead of it myself. But uh, God is able. Amen. God helps those who help themselves. Praise the Lord. And uh, I'm trying to learn all that. Weather fluctuating. One day you run out, just shirt sleeve weather. And the next day you run out and it's cold enough to get your winter coat back out. And uh, sometimes I have a hard time remembering all that. Praise the Lord. But uh, it's certainly good to see everybody that's here. Amen. And uh, I suppose yesterday, uh, yesterday uh, received a very good compliment. I tell you, children have a way. Uh, well, they just say things. And uh, one of the children come up to me yesterday and uh, pointed to one of the pictures on the wall down there. And of the new building, and uh, said, "Is that you?" And I looked, and I said, "No, that's your pastor." <laughs> Praise the Lord! So I thought, either he or I, or both of us, got a good compliment. <laughs> Praise the Lord! But uh, I do appreciate uh, what the Lord has helped in this situation with this new building, and uh, things seem to be moving, moving forward. Hallelujah! I certainly thank the Lord for that, and uh, still looking forward to getting into the new building, and uh, while we're waiting, I'm enjoying the presence of the Lord here. Praise the Lord, and uh, hopefully won't be too many days that we'll be there, and uh, at least get that phase of this behind us. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, and uh, I just love the Lord today. Hallelujah. I want to direct our attention today. Some very familiar passage of scripture, the book of Second Timothy, the fourth chapter, and I want to somehow use this as a springboard, a beginning place for what I feel in my heart today, and uh, I want the Lord to help us. Hallelujah! Seems like that we are living. If this is not the last days, there is no such thing as a last day. Praise the Lord. I believe we're living right on the very brink of the coming of the Lord. Amen. And uh, certainly it's no time to slack up, no time to give in and uh, allow just a laid-back approach to this wonderful gospel message to get a hold of us. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Book of 2 Timothy, chapter number 4. I want to begin reading verse number 1. The writer Paul said, I charge thee, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. They shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. Praise the Lord. Verse number three, if you'll notice again with me, especially the third verse, for the time will come. Paul said when they will not endure sound doctrine. Everybody say sound doctrine. 
But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And I want to talk to us today just for a few moments. The Lord helping me just about these words, sound doctrine. Sound doctrine. I trust you'll be in prayer. The Lord bless you. you may be seated this morning. Begin to look back into the book of First Timothy as well. It doesn't take you very long to find out that the occasion for both the first and second book of Timothy is much the same. You began to look, beginning even at First Timothy, the first chapter, you will find where that the great apostle Paul seemed to be deeply troubled by false doctrine, false teaching. It is the book of First Timothy, chapter one, where Paul began to charge some that they teach no other doctrine. He spoke in the fourth verse to them and said, Neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies which minister question rather than godly edifying which is in faith so do. It seemed like from one verse to the next you will find where that the apostle Paul was speaking out against those things that was not sound teaching, sound doctrine. As I began to look here in the book of First and Second Timothy, you will find where that Paul began to speak to a young preacher of the gospel concerning the fact that in those days it seemed like that false doctrine was running rapid. Amen. It was almost spreading like uh, wildfire, as the old saying is. And there was a concern in the heart of the Apostle Paul that young Timothy would get a hold of the doctrine, sound doctrine. Amen. The word sound doctrine, sound doctrine is just sensible, complete, wholesome doctrine. Amen. That is what sound doctrine is. And we find here the Apostle Paul was a teacher of sound doctrine. Amen. When we began to look here in the text of Scripture that we have read in your hearing this morning, when I looked at it again, I was reminded of how that the Apostle Paul knew that his days were numbered. Amen. At this point in time in the life of Paul, he recognized that his course was about finished. His journey was just about over. When I began to look here at the writings, the admonition that Paul had gave unto a young preacher of the gospel, it seems like that these words that he spoke were spoke with a burden. Amen. I believe that there was somewhat perhaps of a concern in the heart mind of the Apostle Paul in regards to the events that were taking place in his day. Hallelujah. When you begin to go back through the word of the Lord, and we'll touch on some of them here shortly, but he began to find that the Apostle Paul began to express the need to holding on to these eternal truths that we have. Praise the Lord. You will find where that the Apostle Paul admonishes young Timothy 
in the fourth chapter of the book of Second Timothy that he needs to preach the word. Amen. There was an emphasis on what needed to be preached, and that is the word. Praise the Lord. I'm going to tell you that there are a lot of people today that are not preaching the word. Hallelujah. But Paul began to admonish a young preacher of the gospel that he needed to preach the word. Amen. For Paul had an understanding of this word. He understood the word of God, how that it was inspired, that men of old were moved upon by the Holy Ghost. Amen. And somebody said, what's God think about certain things? Well, go into his word and find out what he has to say about it. Amen. And the apostle Paul told him to preach the word, be instant in season and out of season. Hallelujah. He began to speak to him of how that he needed to reprove, rebuke, and exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you that when you begin to look here in the word of the Lord, one of the very first things that Paul spoke to Timothy was the words reprove. Amen. We are living in a generation that doesn't like to be reproved or rebuked. Amen. I'm going to tell you this morning that uh, you're looking at somebody that I like to be a blessing. I like to encourage people. I like to uh, somehow, some way help us to understand that we got the victory and we can keep the victory. Amen. But every now and then the preacher of the gospel is going to have to stand in the pulpit and do some reproving and rebuking. Hallelujah. And uh, I'm going to tell you, Sometimes it may appear on the surface that a preacher of the gospel enjoys that. I've lived long enough and been preaching long enough to tell you that when those times do come, I promise you that the preacher probably seems to have more of a problem with it than some of the ones that are being reproved and rebuked. Amen. Simply because of the fact, as the good brother just spoke to us about, there is a burden that is laid upon the ministry, the burden of the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. And as the good man just spoke to us, Brother Yates, a few moments ago, speaking about the sternness of his father, I promise you the Bible still tells us who the Lord loves. He chastens and Praise the Lord. And I'm going to tell you that I'm glad that the Lord is mindful enough of me to chasten, to rebuke and reprove me every now and then. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I desire to make the kingdom. I want to make the city. The only way that I'm going to make it is simply by listening and taking heed to the preaching of the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. And you will find where the, the Apostle Paul began to speak to this young man by the name of Timothy concerning the need of preaching the word. I'm going to tell you that the Apostle Paul was already at the end of his course. And I promise you that he never imagined, even though he was already foretold in the beginnings of the Lord calling him and saving him, he was already warned that he was going to have to suffer I assure you this morning that there were probably things in his life that he never dreamed that he would ever encounter. Amen. And the Apostle Paul knew, he knew of the things that the young preacher was going to face. And he was trying to simply help him, trying to charge him and admonish him. 
concerning the job that he was called to do was just to preach the word. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you, I feel this way about it this morning. Forgive me, I may be wrong, but I'm going to tell you that uh, my job is to just preach the word, to give to us what the Lord has given unto me. Amen. And I'm going to tell you, the bottom line is, is that we as individuals are responsible to uh, adhere and to get a hold of and to apply it to our lives and live by what we hear. Amen. I'm going to tell you that the Apostle Paul was a man that knew what it was to stand in the pulpit and stand in the face of some and began to preach the word. And it looks like that while he was preaching, undoubtedly he recognized and sensed those that were not really adhering and really believing what he was saying. Hallelujah. He began to look at the Apostle Paul and all he was desiring to do was to spend and be spent for the cause of Christ. Amen. Desiring to help someone to be saved. Praise the Lord. And I'm going to tell you that that is still the job of the ministry in this hour, is that we might be saved, to help us to be saved. Amen. And I'm going to tell you that when you begin to look here at the writings of the Apostle Paul to a young man, I again can somewhat sense the urgency. I can feel his burden concerning the, the words that he was speaking of how that the time will come, Paul told Timothy, that there is going to come a day when they will not endure sound doctrine. Hallelujah. But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. As I began to look here at this third verse especially, I began to think of how that if the pressure was on the ministry in the days of Paul, how much more is the pressure on the apostolic ministry in 2006 when it looks like that uh, false doctrine is running even more rampant now than it ever has. Praise the Lord. And I'm going to tell you that when I look at what Paul said to Timothy concerning the time coming, I'm going to tell you we're living in a time now when people are not enduring sound doctrine. Hallelujah. They are looking for people that will tickle their ears. You've heard what I'm talking about this morning. But they are looking for those that will tell them what they want to hear. Hallelujah. But I'm going to tell you something. A true God. God called apostolic preacher of the gospel and is uh, not always going to tell us what we want to hear. He's not always going to speak words that will make us feel good at that present moment. I'm going to tell you this afternoon or this morning uh, that when you began to look at the word of the Lord, it seemed like that Paul was desiring for Timothy uh, to understand one thing, and that was regardless of the circumstances around you and what might be happening, There is still a mandate from above, and that is as you stick with the old paths, that you stick with the Word of God, and you preach the Word of God without fear and without favor. Hallelujah. And I'm going to tell you that when you begin to look in the Word of the Lord, you will find where that even in the second chapter of the book of Acts, you will find where the Bible recorded of how that they continued after Peter preached the message. On the day of Pentecost, you will find of how they continued steadfast.
steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Amen. That's what apostolic is all about, is preaching and teaching the apostles' doctrine. Amen. What we preach and what we teach around here is not something that is foreign, but it is the apostles' doctrine. Amen. We are preaching the same message that Peter and the other apostles preached. Hallelujah. That's why that we preach repentance around here and why we preach water baptism in Jesus' name. And that's why that we preach the infilling of the Holy Ghost. That's why that we preach that you've got to live righteous and sober and godly in this present world. It is simply because that it is the message that the apostles preached. Hallelujah. And we are trying to adhere and trying to hold on to the old paths. Amen. And I'm going to tell you that we are living. I realize that we are living in a time of change. And no, things are not what they used to be in so many areas. But I'm going to tell you when it comes to truth. And when it comes to the doctrine that we preach from this word of God. I promise you that as long as there is time. Brother, the Bible said heaven and earth is going to pass away. But his word is not going to pass away. It is forever settled in heaven. Amen. And even though times are changing, I do not believe for a moment that we need these changes of time to affect the message that we preach from this pulpit. Amen. And I'm going to tell you that when you begin to look it seemed like across the church world and especially even among our ranks. I'm going to tell you it's easy to see the problems outside but when you begin to look from within and you begin to see the Pentecostal movement as a whole, could I just tell you this morning, I don't mean to be a bearer of bad news, but the facts are the facts amen, that there have been men that have let down on the message and backed up on these holy truths, amen you know why? It's simply because cause of the fact that they were interested in a bigger offering and they were interested in a bigger crowd. Hallelujah. And I'm going to tell you the reason why that some will back down is simply because everybody's not going to love sound doctrine. Everybody's not going to enjoy these wholesome, sensible teaching that is preached from an apostolic pulpit. Hallelujah. And I'm going to tell you this morning that when we begin to look at the word of God I promise you that Paul's desire was that some way somehow Timothy would get this doctrine down in his heart that somehow some way he would get a hold of it that in the face of false teaching and false religion and false worship that he would stand flat footed and preach the word and preach against what they were doing hallelujah I'm going to tell you something this morning that when you began to look at, at what Paul was trying to tell a young man, I'm going to tell you that even more so in this day and in this hour, do we need to continue to preach and teach sound doctrine. Amen. I want to say here at this point in time, don't ever get weary with a preacher that will stand behind this sacred desk and begin to preach these truths that have been handed down unto us. It doesn't matter how long you and I have been in the church and been around church. Every now and then the preacher of the gospel has got to step back into the pulpit and stir up our pure minds by the way of remembrance. Amen. The man of God has got to remind us 
us that we are a called out people and that we are a separate people that we have been chosen by God and that we do not walk to the course of this world and that we do not live by the standards out there and but the word of God has given us things that we are to walk by and live by and I want to tell you that if there was ever a day that we needed to turn the pulpit loose and, and let the man of God preach the word of the Lord and I want to tell you it's in 2006 and when the pressure is on the pulpit and, and the world is making a pull upon the people of God and we need somebody to stand in the pulpit and, and remind us that the only doctrine that we are to adhere to and, is sound doctrine, sound teaching and if we're going to make it from here to glory and we better hang on to what we know is right and we better value these truths and, and not back up on them for devil or foe. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you, you can be seated this morning that when we began to look back also in the book of First Timothy, I may not be too fast and furious this morning, but... Uh, you began to go back to the book of First Timothy, the fourth chapter, you will find where uh, that Paul spoke and said that the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter time some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. I'm going to tell you that when Paul was speaking concerning the fact the Spirit speaketh expressly, amen, it was though Paul was letting us know that the Spirit of God has broken silence against the workings of the adversary in that day. And thank God the Spirit is still speaking to us. Hallelujah. And I'm going to tell you that Paul began to somehow desire to make an impression upon the minds of those that would hear him concerning how that in the last days there are going to be those that are going to walk away from these truths and walk away from the house of God and the things of God. Amen. He began to speak to them concerning the fact that there is a seducing spirit. And I'm going to tell you something this morning that we are facing that spirit even in 2006. Hallelujah. There is a seducing, a wandering, roving, misleading spirit that is creeping into the hearts and lives of people and that have sat on upon our pews and have embraced and believed and the message of Acts 2.38, brother, somewhere in their existence. And there has been a seducing spirit that has came by their way and, and has seduced them and deceived them. And, amen. Where they no longer embrace what we teach and preach. And I'm going to tell you that's why that some apostolic churches are going completely charismatic this morning and hey man it's simply because of a seducing spirit and that has gripped the heart of first and foremost the man of God the shepherd and that is watching over their souls and I'm going to tell you you better be glad for a man of God and that's trying his best to preach and hey man from the word of God exactly like it is written in the Bible and I'm going to tell you we better pray for the apostolic ministry in 2006 and that God will continue to give us the strength and, and give us the courage and the internal fortitude. And brother, 
back up on holiness. Amen. And saying that we don't have to adhere to the things that we one time preached. But I'm going to tell you something. I'm glad for these necessary truths. I'm glad for the stand that we've taken. I'm glad for the line that we've drawn in the sand. And said we're not going to go any further than this. We're going to be apostolic from the top of our head to the sole of our feet. And I promise you something. Brother, that spirit is working on some of you in this building. But you better stand and resist and rebuke it. You better plead the blood of Jesus. and Get back in an altar and say, Oh God, would you somehow re-thrill me and refresh me that I again all over would fall in love with sound doctrine. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can be seated. You can be seated. I, I'm just going to take my time this morning, so I hope that's all right. You want it fast and furious, come back tonight. But uh, I'm going to tell you, I was listening to the radio a couple of days ago, and uh, there was a talk radio, open question, open line, and uh, somebody called in. And uh, it was a young lady. She was from someplace here in the state, and she began to speak. Uh, and uh, she declared that she was Pentecostal. And uh, as she began to talk, the man finally began to interrupt her and said, well, uh, what kind of Pentecostal are you? And before, and I'm just going to tell you what she said. I'm not fussing against it, but I'm going to tell you, as she made her statement that she was belonged to a UPC church, and while she was making that statement, the man spoke out and said, are you apostolic Pentecostal? Amen. And she said, yes, I am. And it wasn't very long until that man began, I mean just instantly you could hear it, it was flowing from his lips uh, that those folks are good people but they're a bunch of legalists uh, amen, that was the words I'm talking about some prominent figureheads in this town, uh, amen brand us as being legalists simply because of the fact uh, that we try to take a stand against worldly, worldliness uh, and we preach sound doctrine, wholesome doctrine uh, amen, I'm going to tell you that that's where it's getting to in 2006. And if you take a stand against anything, they brand you as being an extremist and a liberal, or uh, amen, a legalist. But I'm going to tell you something. Uh, amen. I believe as long as it's in the Bible, we better preach it. Uh, amen. As long as it is written in God's holy word, uh, somebody better stand in the pulpit and speak out against it. Uh, I'm going to tell you something. Uh, amen. It's still right to live right. It's still good to live the way we do. Amen. Somebody said it right. This message is good to live by and it's good to die by. And I'm going to tell you something. We better hang on to sound, wholesome teaching and thank God for it every day that we live. Hallelujah. Amen. But I'm going to tell you, you can be seated this morning, but Paul 
was dealing with an imposter, speaking of that seducing spirit at Corinth. When he began to speak in the book of 2 Corinthians, the 11th chapter, he spoke in the third verse and said, But I fear, lest by any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtility, so your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Hey, and Paul began to go on in the 13th verse, talking concerning how that there are false apostles, deceitful workers. Hey, man, I'm going to tell you, that's what the Bible called them. Brother, I'm going to tell you, he spoke out against false apostles. Hey, man, deceitful workers, and spoke concerning how they transformed themselves into the apostles of Christ. Hey, man, I'm going to tell you, that's why that we better stay full of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Amen. That's why we better stay prayed up. I'm, I'm telling you something. Amen. We're living in the last of the last days. And if Paul was facing it and fighting it heavily in his day, how much more do you think we are fighting it in the hour that we're living in? I'm telling you that Paul went on to speak and said, No marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing that his ministers also be transformed as ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. I'm telling you that Paul was trying to warn those at Corinth concerning that seducing spirit that is trying to deceive them. He was trying to admonish them concerning the need of adhering and hanging on to God's eternal truths. He was trying Trying to help them to understand that in the midst of the corruption that those at Corinth was living in, that they can live a life above reproach, that they can live for God. I'm telling you that, brother, when Paul began to speak to those at Corinth, I'm going to tell you something again this morning. When you go back and make a study of the corruption that was found in Corinth, if there was some people that could live for God in the midst of that time, then surely there will be some people in 2006 that will stand to their feet and declare the whole truth and nothing but the truth that I want to be apostolic and I'm going to do my dead level best to hang on to the sound doctrine and teaching that has been preached down through the ages. I'm going to tell you something this morning. Brother, if you're in this building and there's been a spirit toying with your mind looking another direction I would to God that some way somehow you would get a hold of yourself and that you would let the word of God shake you that you would let the word of God stir your heart that you would get back into the altar and fall in love with this message all over again we need to hang on and fight for what God has given us in this hour I'm going to tell you, be seated. There are two spirits that are working in the world today. The spirit of truth 
and the spirit of error. Amen. I'm going to tell you something. At times, if we are not careful, at times we can become so deceived very quickly, in fact, by uh, the smooth words that flows from the lips of some that call themselves uh, uh, ministers of the gospel. I'm going to tell you something. Amen. Some of you may leave here this morning and brand me as being hateful and harsh, but I'm going to tell you, amen, it's very obvious that everything that, that hides under the banner of a minister is not a minister. Amen. I'm going to tell you something. There are people, and it's not that I'm trying to be offensive to anybody this morning. Amen. But I encourage people. I, I challenge folks. Amen. Get your nose in that book and search it out for yourself. Amen. What we preach are necessary truths. I can stand in the pulpit this morning and say, as the apostles did in the book of Acts, that there has been laid upon us no greater burden than the necessary things. Amen. I'm living the way that I want to live. I'm not under bondage this morning. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you that there are people that despise a man of God that will step to the pulpit and begin to preach holiness and begin to define holiness. Hallelujah. But I'm going to tell you something. Every now and then we're going to stand in the pulpit and we're going to remind ourselves of what God likes and what He disproves. Amen. Every now and then we're going to go back and begin to pick up the fact that God is still coming back after a people that is without spot or wrinkle or any such blemish. We're going to preach every now and then and it's still right for men to look like men, to act like men, to walk like men and talk like men. It's still right for a man to keep a good haircut. It's still right for a man to dress modest. Brother, we're going to preach it's still right for a woman to dress modest. Hallelujah. We're going to preach it's right. Hallelujah. For a woman to keep the scissors out of her hair. You know why? Because that's what's written in the black back book. And these are teachings that we need to adhere to and hang on. Brother, if the Lord should tarry, there's another generation coming on behind us that if we fail to proclaim the whole council, what chance will they have to see and feel and understand what being apostolic is truly all about? Hallelujah, there's something wrong. Lord, help me. I feel like I'm running over some same old wrinkles, but there's something wrong. Hey, man, when you go to a camp meeting or a conference or a special meeting, hey, man, and it looks like that it's fashion on parade. Our young folks in some middle age, hey, man, want to walk across the front of the church, and it's almost as though they're out on some kind of a, of a, of a stage trying to model and show off. Hey, man, Lord, help me. Y'all might as well come on. I'm going to tell you something. Hey, man, the church of God, the house of God is not a place to make a fashion statement. Hey man, and I'm going to tell you something. I want us to look nice. I want us to dress nice. I want us to do the best that we can do. But I'm going to tell you something. We don't need to adhere to the patterns and the fads that are trying to be promoted in the world. I'm telling you it's still right. Hallelujah for our young women to look godly. Hey, that doesn't mean exposing parts of your body. Hey, and wearing things, now you see it, now you don't. I'm telling you, we need to look in the Word of God. 
Amen. That's not necessary. I'm going to tell you something. I, I refuse. And I, amen. Don't come around me with that idea of that old fuddy-duddy, old-time, old stuff. Amen. I kind of like the old-time way myself. Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. And I'm going to say it. I'm going to qualify and clarify it for some of you that's going to walk away and mumble about what I'm saying. I don't believe, amen, that our men and our young ladies and young men got to dress like an old woman or an old man. That's not what I'm trying to preach this morning. Amen. If you think that, you ain't been listening to anything I've said thus far. And I'm going to tell you something. There is a thing called modesty found in the Word of God. Praise the Lord. I'm going to tell you that's part of sound doctrine. That's part of the teaching that we have preached and embraced down through the ages ever since the church. Amen. Brother, on the day of Pentecost was brought forth and there has been those that have preached modesty. Hey, and I'm going to tell you something. It's something that, yes, the apostolic Pentecostal movement is getting away from. But God help us that are here this morning that will hang on to what we've got. Amen. I thank God for those people that will say, you know what? I don't care what the world's doing. I want to line up to what God's Word says and be pleasing to Him. I'm telling you, it's sound teaching. It's wholesome, sensible teaching. And I promise you, if you don't like what I'm preaching, amen, you're not going to fit with some of the ones we fellowship with. Because there's a whole host of men across the length and breadth of this country that preach it just like we're preaching it. We're not some funny done all to ourselves. But there's men of God that embrace and preach this sound, wholesome doctrine that we are trying to proclaim in this hour. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah. Amen. Somebody said, well, just keep. You know, I'm going to tell you. There was a man made a statement to me been some years ago. He said, you know why? He said that we're losing all of our young people. I didn't plan on saying some of this. I'm speaking from my heart this morning. But he made a statement to me. He said, you know why we're losing all of our young people? I said, why? He said, because we don't have nothing to offer them. I looked him right in the eyes and said, I don't believe that for a minute, sir. Hey, man, I believe we've got a lot to offer to our young people. No, it may not be under the guise and and the thoughts of their mind. Hey, man, no, we may not always have activities every other night down at the church for the young people. Hey, man, but I'm telling you, we've got something far better than that. We've got a message that's going to save their soul out of a red-hot burning hell. We've got a message that will keep them from raising babies without a daddy. Hey, man, we've got a message that's going to keep a young man pure and clean and virtuous for that day that comes in his life to walk down the aisles. I'm telling you something. I've looked at some that have pointed a finger and said, you know what? There's nothing going on in that church. And I've watched them grow up miserable. I've watched them raise babies by themselves. I've watched young men that's wound up married three and four times. I've watched some of them alcoholics and drug addicts. I'm telling you something. Don't tell me what we've got doesn't work. I refuse to believe that because it's sound teaching. It's wholesome teaching. It's sensible and it's right to live by. (laughs) 
Oh, yeah. Be seated. Kind of reminds me, Lord, help me. I promise you. I promise you. I didn't plan on talking about this this morning, but it reminds me. There was a young girl that left my uncle's church some years ago in Texas, and she made the statement. She said, you know, she said, I can't see myself being a penny. Amen. Talking about being Pentecostal. That was her reference to it. I can never see myself being a penny. Amen. But I'm going to tell you something. It wasn't long. I seen her. Amen. Yeah, she was packing a youngin around on her side. Amen. Unmarried. I'm going to tell you something. That's not the life to me that I would want to live as a young person. Hallelujah. I don't know why I'm on it this morning, but I feel like talking about it a little bit. Hallelujah. That's why that we better thank God for these old gray heads that sit around our church. I thank God. I say it with the utmost respect this morning. I thank God for every senior saint that is sitting under the sound of my voice. Hallelujah. That you blazed the trail. You prayed and you worshipped. And you backed the men of God up that we can have the liberties that we have today. Oh, and I'm going to tell you something. It wasn't an easy road to hold then. And it's sure not, not going to be easy for you and I. Hey, but thank God for some people that's getting it down in their hearts and saying, you know what? I may have to fight. I may be persecuted. But I'm going to hang on to it. I'm going to hang on to sound teaching. I'm going to turn the pulpit loose. I'm going to back up the men of God. Hey, I'm telling you something. Brother, we better hang on because the devil is fighting us every step of the way to give in and let up and back down on what we've been preaching. Can I just speak from my heart this morning? I'm telling you that there's been preachers. You know, I realize as the preacher goes, so goes the church. Amen. Y'all ever heard that before? As the preacher goes, so goes the church. I understand all of that. Amen. But I'm going to tell you something this morning. I don't altogether buy that 100%. You know why? Because I've lived long enough to see the pressure being put on the pulpit. And after a while, you begin to feel, what's the use? Amen. I feel like talking about this this morning. Hey, and a man gets to the place where he feels like, what's the use of fighting it anymore? Hey, man, it would be easier for me to give in and quit the fussing and fighting with them than to stand toe-to-toe and preach the Word of God. I'm going to tell you something. As the preacher goes, yes, so goes the church. But it's not all the responsibility of the preacher. Hallelujah. We need good saints of God. We need good men and women sitting in pews across the length and breadth of our country that will stand up and say, that's right, preach it. I'm going to live by it because that's what God's Word says I'm supposed to do. I'm telling you, if you ever feel a spirit binding up a man of God when he starts preaching a little holiness, when he starts preaching coming out from among the world and being separate, how would the God of you would ever feel a binding spirit on that man's message that there would be some good saints of God that would stand to your feet and rally with the preacher and say, come on, I'm with you, preacher. Come on and tell it like it is. Brother, we are living in a defining hour and we've got to declare some things plainly and let the world know where we stand.
Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you, be seated. There's that seducing spirit that keeps coming. Hey, man, it's knocking on the doors of some and saying, you know, oh, that's not altogether necessary. Hallelujah. Hey, man, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, when you began to look back in the book of Second Peter, hey, man, trying to hurry for the sake of time this morning, but when you began to look back at the book of Second Peter, uh, when you read chapter 2 of the book of Second Peter and flip over to the writings of Jude, I was amazed the last couple of days of looking at it, how there's so many similarities, the same things that Peter was facing and, and speaking out against them. Uh, Jude picked it up in his epistle and began to speak out. Amen. Oh, yes, I'm going to tell you, it was Jude that began to declare in his epistle of how that he gave. He said, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, he said, it was needful for me to write unto you. I'm going to tell you, Jude felt the urgency. Amen. I believe he felt the burden of the word of the Lord resting upon him. Hallelujah. He said, it was needful for me to write unto you and to exhort you that you should earnestly contend. Amen. Again, that word contend simply means to strive or fight or wrestle. We need to earnestly contend for the faith which was once and for all delivered unto the saints. Hey, I'm going to tell you something. Jude began to talk of how that there were certain men that crept in unaware. And brother, they started to pervert the gospel. They started teaching other things other than sound doctrine. But Jude's admonishment then, and it still rings in my heart this morning, that we need to earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. I'm telling you that Jude felt the urgency and Peter felt it and Paul and the other apostles. And brother, we're going to keep on proclaiming and preaching it because the spirit of this hour is demanding that we continuously come back to the pulpit and remind us of what we are supposed to be. Oh, yeah, I'm going to tell you, brother, those spirits that are working in the world, spirit of truth, spirit of error, it was there in the book of Second Peter, Second <laughs> Peter chapter 2, Peter began to speak, but there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you who privately shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them, bring upon themselves swift destruction. And many shall follow their pernicious ways by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of, who through covetousness shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you whose judgments now of a long time lingereth not, their damnation slumbereth not. Amen. Peter trying to help those to understand concerning the need. Amen. Of being on guard. Brother, I'm going to tell you it was in the book of John where he tells us that we are to try the spirits. Hallelujah. Amen. Again, we've got to stay full of the Holy Ghost if we're going to do that. But he said, try the spirits. 
see if they be of God. I'm going to tell you, brother, there is a concern of mine this morning. Hallelujah. Concerning the fact of this seducing spirit. Amen. I'm I'm getting back on it again. But there's a concern where uh, and how that people can set and they can listen to that words of deceptiveness. Amen. I'm going to tell you something. Y'all can say what you want to, but I wouldn't set in a place, amen, where a man was not teaching sound doctrine. Hallelujah. Amen. And I know there's a lot that I'm probably leaving out, but I'm going to tell you something. I do not condone church hopping and moving from Cape Cod to Hickory Bend. Amen. But I'm going to tell you, I would not sit where a man was preaching false doctrine. Amen. I'm going to say something right now. I wouldn't sit where a man wouldn't teach and believe communion. Amen. Where a man didn't believe foot washing was necessary. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you something, brother. It's sweeping the land, though. There's people that are so quickly embracing that and accepting it as being right. And you know what they're hiding under the guise of? Over there, so-and-so's doing it, so it must be all right. Amen. I'm telling you, it's not all right. And we better find what the book says about it and line up to it and live by it if we're going to be right with God. Oh, Jesus, help me, Lord. I don't want to say what's even on my mind right now. but You know what? Some folks are just well set in a place like that. Hallelujah. Because of a name over the door, organization that it belongs to. Hello, somebody. Not even taking into consideration the fact that men are starting to swerve, the Bible says, waver. From the truth. I know it wasn't what some of you came to hear this morning, but it's what I feel in my heart today. I'm telling you, Paul said it, and it's here. The time is here. Men are not enduring sound doctrine. Brother, they're looking for somebody. I'm going to tell you something. They're looking for somebody that will tickle their ears. Tell me what I want to hear. I'm going to tell you something. Tell you something, the preacher, the man of God will be your best friend or your worst enemy one. Praise the Lord, everybody. I guarantee you one thing. Those, he who despises sound teaching, you know what they're going to do? They're going to leave sound teachers and instruct, find, try to find instructors like themselves. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I know. I know. Brother, I'm going to tell you something. We've seen it happen over the last few years. Brother, man of God, be the best thing that ever happened in the life of individuals until we crossed up something that they were doing that was contrary to the book. Praise the Lord, everybody. It wasn't long till they found reason, found reason to get up and move on and move out. You know what? I'm going to encourage you. You better stay planted where you are. Hello, somebody. Amen. Amen. I'm going to tell you something. Sometimes things are preached. Brother, we don't always understand everything we've heard. But I'm going to tell you something. If we desire to be saved, I promise you the Holy Ghost will come on the scene and help us in areas that we're not understanding. Oh, yeah. 
But you know what? First thing happens. I don't know why I'm on it either, but uh, first thing happens, brother, people want to pack up. Always behind the guys. Always behind the guys. I love you, pastor. How many times have you heard that? I love the pastor and I love all the people there, but we just feel like it's time for us to move on. Praise the Lord, everybody. You're looking at me like I fell out of a tree this morning. I'd like to look at some of them and say, you know what? You've got a funny way of showing it if you really love the man of God and his family and the church family like you say you do. Praise the Lord. You really loved the man of God, loved his his wife, and loved the church family. You wouldn't be so swift to get mad and puffed up and blowed up. And... I'm gonna tell you something. I'm gonna tell you something. Most of the time, when people leave, the reason they tell you is not the real reason. <laughs> Hallelujah. Most of the time when you get down, if you ever do, and most of the time you don't get down to the brass tacks of the problem, it's over something that's been preached and taught. Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. But I'm going to tell you something, brother. We don't preach this. We don't preach this message for our comfort. Come on here. Brother, there's a whole lot of denying self when you get to looking at this book. Hello. You try to start lining up to what's pleasing in the sight of God, there's a whole lot of self-denial involved in it. Amen. This old flesh don't like to hear it, but I'm going to tell you, it's, it's not for my comfort this morning. This is not why I'm living altogether this way. But it's for my salvation. Praise the Lord. Amen. I believe it, I believe it was the elder said it a few, few days ago. Really, really all of us is trying to escape hellfire. Well... <laughs> Hallelujah. None of us want to go and burn in a lake of fire where the worm dies not and the fire is not quenched. Oh, yeah, I, I love him. I serve him because I love him. But I'm going to tell you something. Eternity does play an important role in my mind. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you something, brother, sometimes. There's been times, you've heard me say it since I have been here, there's been times a man of God preached and, brother, burnt my hide. Somebody said, did you get mad? Oh, yeah. I said, you get mad and kick dirt and slam doors, and probably so. Oh, don't sit out there like you ain't guilty. But you know what? I had to realize one thing. It's not the man of God or the Word of God that's wrong. I'm wrong. As long as he's preaching sound doctrine. Hallelujah. Preaching the Word of God, brother. You know what? I better line up with what's preached. Hallelujah. You know what? There's been some things that's been established in my life. I'm going to tell you at first, no, it wasn't conviction of mine. But after I got in, started searching it out, praying about it, drawing closer to God, you know what? It wound up becoming conviction of mine. Praise the Lord. I'm going to tell you something. That's why, Lord have mercy. That's why that a church, I dare not say it, oh Lord, I'm going to tell you something. It's a shame when a church goes to the dogs after an old elder passes off the scene. We've seen that. We've seen churches, powerful men, some of you know some of them, 
man of God passes off the scene, there's not even a church in existence today. What, what a sad lament. What a sad day it is. But I got to look at that and I got to wonder, was it really in the hearts of the people? Praise the Lord. Did they really have a hold of the Word of God and these truths like they really needed to? I'm going to tell you something. Brother, it saddens my heart. The elder mentioned it this morning. I know it's the facts, but it saddens my heart to think of some of these men of God that have done passed on. Praise the Lord. Somebody said, well, don't you have confidence in the ones that's here now? Yes and no. Praise the Lord, everybody. You know why? Because I'm going to tell you something. The pressure is going to be even greater upon the pulpit. The closer that we keep getting to the coming of the Lord, the pressure is going to be greater yet. You know what? I'm going to tell you something. Brother, it's in the heat of the battle, and when the pressure is on, that will tell the tale about an individual whether they've got a hold of this message or whether they're just doing it because that's what's preached from the pulpit. Well, praise the Lord, everybody. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to try to hurry and bring this thing to a close. I don't want to let your roast burn this morning. I'm going to tell you something. We began to go back several places throughout the book of First and Second Timothy. Paul admonished that young man concerning sound words, which thou hast heard of me, you need to hang on to it. It was Paul that told young Timothy to continue in the things that you've learned and been assured of. Some of you are going to walk out of here snickering, but I'm going to tell you why I said that. Ugliness demands ornamentation as far as I'm concerned. Paint belongs on barns, not Pentecostal women. And the world's got to get all fancied up, prettied up. Praise the Lord. Got to put on something that they're really not. Well, hallelujah, everybody. Thank God for good apostolic women whose beauty is natural. They're modest. They're godly. Thank God for our women with a meek and quiet spirit. <laughs> Praise the Lord, everybody. That's sound doctrine this morning, brother. <laughs> I want to say this morning, I appreciate. I do appreciate. I know it probably sounds like I fussed. I really do appreciate folks that says, you know what? I'm living this way because that's what it says. It's sound teaching. It's sound doctrine. It's right. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to say this in close, but sometimes we become intimidated. Not from without, but sometimes what's from within. When we go off to certain camp meetings and conferences and places, of, we're supposed to be preaching the same message that we're preaching, and you see them doing things that really... I hope this is all right. It's just us here this morning, but you see them doing things that you know your pastor doesn't prove of I'm going to tell you sometimes it's easy to say you know what so and so does it from such and such a place that don't make it right hallelujah 
You know what I've always tried to tell folks? I've always tried to tell them this. Brother, getting back into the Old Testament, it was Moses that was given the, respons- given the responsibility to set the bounds around that mountain. People are to come so far, and that's all the further they're supposed to go. I'm going to tell you something, as far as I'm concerned, the pastor, the man of God, is the Moses that is to set the bounds around Life Tabernacle. Praise the Lord. And just because so-and-so may do it, doesn't mean that it's right that it's going to happen here. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to say it close. Thank God for it. Let's stand. Thank God for people. It says, Lord, I want to continue. I want to continue in the things that I've learned and been assured of. How about it this morning? I'm not looking for another message. I'm not looking for an easier way out. I'm not looking for something better than what I've got. Brother, I'm telling you, this is it this morning. This is the only saving message. This is the only way to live. Praise the Lord. I'm going to say this morning, I pray that somehow, some way, if there would be those in this building, you've been looking another direction. I would to God that somehow, some way, something has been said. She would stop, put the brakes on, and recognize first and foremost what's happening. It's a seducing spirit. Spirit of another world trying to come and intimidate you. Hallelujah. But I wonder if my wife begins to sing and we could slip our hands up. Somehow from the depths of your soul, if you really mean it, I wonder if we could just lift our hands in this building and thank God for sound doctrine. We could thank God for what our ears have been privileged to hear down through the years. Oh, hallelujah. Come on this morning. And really thank Him from the depths of your soul. My God, I'm not looking for another path. Lord, I'm not looking for an easier route, another message. Oh, Lord, I want to hang on to this great truth. Hallelujah. I want to hang on to my seat in your house. My God, are you glad for your seat in the house of the Lord? You're glad for it's the desire that He's placed in your heart to live for Him. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, yes. Oh, Lord, take me back to that old land. Come on, let's entertain Him just a moment here. We're not going to hold you much longer. Take me back. Lord, to that place where I first believed. That place where I first received, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Lord. Would you refresh and renew that love in my heart. God, for the things of you. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. My Lord, where would we be today if it wasn't for the message of truth? Where would we be today if it wasn't for God saving us, putting us where we are today? Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, that's it. Oh, Lord, take me. Take me back. My God, I hope that's the sentiments of your heart today. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Take, take me back, Jesus. I love you, Master. Come on, do you love the Lord today? Hallelujah, hallelujah. 
My God, I don't want to be lost, Jesus. Lord, I want to be right with you. I want to hear you say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, it's in my heart. Come on, he knows. He knows if it's truly in our heart or not today. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, take me back to the old land. Oh, lift your hands and thank the Lord for the word of God this morning. Where you're right now. Praise God. Praise God. I hope this morning that you appreciate the Word of God. Thank God. Sound doctrine. Amen. We're not here to compare ourselves with one another, but we're here to look at the book. Amen. I made that statement because I read a letter last week that was mailed out all over town to people. Um, as you know, the church across town all divided up and Amen. And they just all confused. And they was talking about what they didn't do anymore. But said the church across town, not this one, but the one in Denver Springs, they said Denver Springs Church, and it's that way over there too. Said you're not bettering yourself. I said that's kid stuff, baby stuff. You ought to, amen, be wiser than that. Look at what the book says. Not what First Church says or Denham Springs says. Amen. God didn't build a church on that. He built it on the Word of God. You are not wise to compare yourself with a church across town or a church, amen, and anywhere else. But thank God. Look at the book. Hallelujah. How many are glad for the Word of God today? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Acting like a bunch of kids. Thank God. Don't like it this. I'll take my marbles and go somewhere else. Amen. We don't believe that around here. We believe in good, sound, strong, sound, apostolic doctrine where people love one another. The church is not all divided up. Glory to God. Give the Lord a good hand clap of praise this morning. Well, thank you, Jesus, anyhow. It's true anyhow. Amen. God never did intend for a board to run a church. Somebody say, well, get rid of this board and get a new board. Forget about the board. Praise God. Go to the Word of God. Find out what's in the book. That's what we're built upon. Praise God. Built upon the foundation of the... Lord have mercy. I better quit. I feel like preaching. Hallelujah. God bless you. Six o'clock this evening. Amen. Be in church. Hallelujah.